Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, we are live at Red versus Blue, and there's something going on this June that I'm really excited about, and I want to let you know about it. I want to let all of the listeners know about it next on Red versus Blue. Here it comes, 60 seconds, June 11, 2010. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Get Mike, that is the uh, 18th coming out June 11, 2010, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, the likes of Jessica Beal, Liam Nielsen, and uh, my, my good buddy Quentin Rampage Jackson as the star B.A. Uh, Baracus. That's, uh, that's our uh, affectionate uh, hero of the past. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. We apologize about the audio difficulties. We will get those cleared up, hopefully by the end of the night, but just stick with us. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandon, Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mike, before we get into football, your Kentucky Wildcats in basketball are on a tear, man. You have got to be loving life. Yes, uh, looking pretty good, Scott. Uh, the one thing I really liked about last week was they went into a uh, rough environment, uh, you know, it's not quite like the uh, the Big East, but they went to Mississippi State and uh, DeMarcus Cousins. He had had a lot of uh, oh. 
a lot of different things that had happened uh, throughout the course of the week uh, prior to the game. Uh, people got his phone number and were uh, Mississippi State fans. Were I can't take anymore. I can't take anymore. No, no, you, you got to take. You got And and so so what so what does he do? He plays a bang up game. He does what he needs to do, and he does the old call me later. And uh, I, I doubt that he got very few phone calls. Uh, the one thing that they do have coming up is uh, Vandy. Vandy tomorrow night at 6 o'clock is going to be very tough. They've got a tough road down the stretch uh, at Tennessee as well. Uh, but, it, it's you know, I'm, I'm real happy for the way they're playing. And uh, you got to be proud about them Cardinals. Mike, I don't know if you call it proud. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, relieved that, uh, that the year is still not over. Three straight wins with that big win against Syracuse at Syracuse. Uh, the road game, the road game uh, against uh, my good buddy Sigmund Bloom, the big Syracuse fan, and uh, you know it was it was nice to get the W, uh, and then to follow that up with uh, two nice wins would be a, a really nice way to finish this week. Uh, we've got DePaul tomorrow, but uh, you know things. Uh, I, I don't think Louisville is the team that you want to see if you're a first round uh, first round team and you pull the Louisville Cardinals. Not uh, not what you want to see in the uh, in the in the uh, round of 64. But hey. You know, if you get there, anything's possible. It's not the best defensive team, but uh, we'll, we'll take what we have, and we, we're, we're going to go with it. Uh, this is Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, where we are the world and the voice of the world of high stakes fantasy football. Listen, if you've played league before and you've, uh, you know, you're the, you're the casual fantasy football player, we'd love to have you. This is here to expose you to the world of high stakes fantasy football. If you're, if you're a pony up $0 free leagues, Yahoo leagues, or if you're coming in at the $25 mark, the $50 mark, we want to introduce you to the world of high-stakes fantasy football. You think you're good? You don't have any clue if you're good until you play against the best, the world of high-stakes fantasy football. So uh, this is the Blog Talk radio channel. This is our podcast we do every Friday night. Uh, check out all the new fantasy sports channel, uh, the homepage at www.fsc. FM. We stream live there 24 hours a day. We bring you the world of fantasy football. We've now made it easier than ever to listen live to our show and chat in the chat room all from one place. Uh, you can visit FSC.FM. That stands for The Fantasy Sports Channel. Uh, every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, you can click the chat and now graphic, and you'll be all set. Again, that's FSC.FM. Don't forget to check out the other great programs while you're there from Mark Ronick and the guys. Uh, you can obviously subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you can just download that to your iTunes uh, and, and listen in your iPod or your MP3 player. It makes it really nice. Just click that little subscribe button. Make sure and follow us on Twitter uh, so you can get our updates all throughout the week. We, as soon as we hear news, we break it and we, we get it to you. So that, uh, that we are one of those guys you'll want to subscribe to and, and text it to your phone so that you have that news. Okay, Mike, we've got a lot to cover tonight. We, uh, we're, we, it sounds like we're going to have the guest of Jeff Pasquino on, uh, the owner-operator of DynastyGuys.com. Mike, this site is absolutely blowing up. Two weeks ago today, they started and launched their site live. Mike, they already have a, over a thousand listeners. I think they're up to. Um, I think the, the last take I last take I heard they they had around a thousand listeners and a thousand uh, members participants on the site. It's a name network, makes a really cool social media network. And Mike, you're enjoying the site. Some of the rankings are up, and there's a lot of content going on. What are your thoughts on DynastyGuys.com? Well, so far, uh, what I liked was, you know, they kind of tested the waters to begin with just to, to see uh, what uh, people thought about uh, the site, uh, what you can add, what you can delete, et cetera, et cetera. 
and uh, then they took it from there, went live with it. Uh, and since then, I mean, a ton of people have come on board to enjoy uh, fantasy football. And, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a different time to do it uh, the first part of February after the Super Bowl. But they're taking advantage and uh, doing things the right way as far as the content that they're bringing in. They're bringing in you and uh, a lot of others uh, that can uh, post some uh, rankings, uh, some different things that can make a casual fan even that much more uh, involved. Uh, like you said, taking a, you know, I got a lot of friends that, you know, they'll do a free league here, a free league there, but I'm like, hey, why don't you try this dynasty league out? Uh, let me give you a site to go to that uh, can kind of get you started. And right. it's a good way to get started, but not only that, it's a good way for those that have been in dynasty uh, leagues and dynasty football for, you know, five, six years for them to, you know, kind of refresh their things. And But the, the, the player rankings are unbelievable, and uh, they, they do a great job. And uh, everybody that writes for them, uh, you and uh, all the others, I mean, just do a wonderful job. Uh, so far, so good. We're real happy to have Jeff on tonight. We're enjoying that. Uh, we're enjoying that site. And um, so, so we're going to talk. That the staff they've assembled is absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about that. We're also going to break down the news that's going on this week in the National Football League and all the signings and the droppings, the releasings, who's going to get picked up, who's going to get traded. That always is exciting to talk about before the draft. We have a dynasty, um, a, a dynasty league that's forming over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. We're going to talk about that. It's the first ever sanctioned high-stakes league. I've already joined it. I'm up on the 1250 The entry fee is $1,250, and it's going to be the uh, most competitive dynasty league to date. So what I'm doing is I'm going to go ahead and get my rankings ready and put my heart and soul into my rankings this year to really give me the best edge, best preparation I possibly can. Uh, and we're going to talk about that because I'm releasing my top 30 running back rankings tonight. My On this show live tonight, the top 32 dynasty running backs will be released tonight. And we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up, and we're going to make time for that. Uh, we'll have to go by it pretty quick, and then we'll release them on the site later. Uh, we'll get we'll get, a, get some feedback from you on some of those picks. But uh, yeah, that that would be nice, uh, Scott. You know, because even though it's uh, February, you got to you got to get on it. You got to get on it quick, and you got to be ready. Uh, whether it's uh, you you know you said your top thirty-two, uh, that that position from twenty uh, eight to say. Uh, 14th can change uh, between now and even, uh, after, you know, by draft time, depending on which team drafts uh, which position as far as running back and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mike, we're also going to look at the uh, average draft position that's been going over in the Winter Survivor League over at footballguys.com. We already have average draft position. Now, look, you guys might think we're crazy, but we live and breathe fantasy football year-round. There's no stop in a dynasty guy. Uh, if you play dynasty football, you are gathering and, and watching information as much as you can, soaking it up year-round to try to get the steals on the next guy. And so dynasty football is all about having that edge and building that team ever so slightly through trades, a little bit of an edge here, a little bit of an edge there. Before you know it, you've made a big difference. You cannot sleep on trade and expect to win in dynasty football, Mike. I know you know that. You knocked off a major league this year. Very proud of your work there. Uh, the big news that I heard this week, Mike, and I want your comment, on this Tuesday – Tom Kowalski from MLive.com believes it makes sense for the Detroit Lions to try to pursue D'Angelo Williams. Now, it's unsure if the Panthers want to part with him. They like having their two strong backs, but it wouldn't hurt the Lions to make an offer that Carolina can't refuse. 
Now, Kowalski is running the show. He gave up the second-round pick, the 34th overall for Williams. Mike, obviously, this would be a dream scenario for the Lions. It makes sense for the Lions to go after it with the injury to Kevin Smith, but do you give up a second-round pick? And if you're the Panthers, I'll ask you that both ways, so answer it both ways. If you're the Panthers, would you give up D. Will for a second round? And if you're the Lions, would you also give one away? Okay, well, first off, uh, I think D. Will is on his way out in Carolina. So I think Carolina is shopping the guy. Uh, they're ready. Uh, they're ready to, uh, you know, basically get rid of him. Uh, as far as Detroit, well, they tried the draft. They tried the draft. They tried the draft, and they tried the draft. It's time for Detroit to get risky. It's time for Detroit to do other things outside of their, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten round picks that they get because that obviously isn't working. It's time for them to, uh, you know, open up the checkbook and uh, just go outside the realm and say, okay, well, that didn't work, so let's try this. Now, how attractive will D. Will be to going to Detroit? Well, probably not much, but it's on how you approach it. You get a, you know, you get a, you get a young guy saying, hey, man, you know, we're making, we're making things happen. We're going to make things happen. It's just going to take a little time, uh, but understand, D. Will, how much time does he have? But I think it's a good move for Detroit, uh, you know, to sum up everything. I think it's a good move for Detroit, and uh, I think it'll be a good move for Carolina because they are, they do want to get rid of D. Will. It would be a fantastic move for the Lions if they get D'Angelo Williams, and the guy could absolutely, I mean, the line is a mess, but D. Will has, uh, has been in that situation before. I think, I think he'd really thrive there. Not obviously well, what as well you, as North Carolina. What you just said there, though, Scott, uh, it all boils down to the line. I mean, how good uh, – I, so, uh, I know you said the lines are a mess, but, you know, I was talking about their offensive line. I was just thinking while you said that. Right. Uh, you know, it's going to take a lot. It's not going to take one running back, boom, to, you know, to, just to make an, uh, a powerful impact. It's going to take Detroit Lions to just – Search within and see see what they need to do as far as the offensive line, defensive line. Uh, you, you know, add one or two players here or there, and you're talking about uh, a knockout team that can yeah. that can do something with uh, D. Will being in the backfield versus Kevin Smith. What you just don't know what's going to happen with him. Right, and we're going to talk about that tonight because I tell you, it's, it's getting trickier than ever to rank D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart when it comes to dynasty rankings. Who's going to get the carries? Who's, is, it a, is it just a nightmare situation where both these guys are going to stay on the team and neither one are going to be able to flourish because they're always going to be in that committee role? Because let's face it, alone, you know, alone, D'Angelo Williams is elite. Jonathan Stewart, alone, he's elite. But you put those two guys on the same team, it can't coexist forever that way. They're just too healthy. They're too talented. Uh, well, I don't know about the healthy part. <laughs> Stewart, Stewart is yeah, well, not a, a picture of health. He, he's got his own problems, but... Look, they're just too good, and I'm going to show, I'm going to tell you when we get to my ranking, it's making it very difficult. But if they if if they could get and blossom on their own, Mike, you could have two top ten, two top five running backs on your hands. Stewart and Dewell could you know they could be just dominant forces if they were alone, but together combined, it really hurts their value. Well, and but another thing though, Scott, is the NFL. It's become, it's almost become. You know, we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago, a running back by committee type of league. Uh, but there are there, there are certain exceptions there to where you've got a back that you can you you can bank on 
25 carries a game. You know you're going to get 25, and that's all there is to it, and this back is not going to get hurt. And I, I think sometimes that, you know, in a D-wheel Jonathan Stewart situation, it's like, okay, well, here I go. I, I'm, I'm going in. Okay, well, i got to come back out. I'm going in. Uh, am I playing the first quarter, third quarter? Am I playing second quarter, fourth quarter? I think a lot of these players, they would ten times rather know I am the guy and this is what's in, this is what's in front of me. So, 25 carries, give me the ball. Well, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to get to it today. Uh, Jamal Lewis released. Uh, Mike, is he done? Uh, he's done as far as fantasy football, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. So if you guys remember the name Jamal Lewis and you see him on a new team or resurface somewhere, he's pretty much done uh, as far as a, a, a dynasty league back. You're not. I mean, if you pick him up, you're picking him up for pennies. Uh, we've got the news of Dante Stallworth signing at the Ravens, Mike. Uh, this is a, a player who, if we all remember and follow the action, uh, he was in a, a, a fatal uh, hit-and-run incident, and apparently he was drunk driving, but he settled. Somehow he was able to settle in this manslaughter case, uh, pay, the, pay the family uh, a substantial amount of money for their loss, and now he's a free man, uh, and, it, and it's only two years removed, and he's, and he's now on an NFL team. Mike, is, is he a buy or a sell? Uh, I, right now, he you don't even... I hope you don't have to sell him because I hope you don't have him. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, you can't have Dante Stallworth right now. But, but however, I mean, middle part of next year, he could be the person that you go ahead and get. I just saw on one of the uh, one of the dynasty leagues I'm in that, uh, you know, he was picked up for, you know, 142 mythical uh, dollars as far as blind bidding. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of blew me away. I mean, that, that, that's an awful lot. But, uh, you know, it'd be like uh, when Plaxical Burris comes back. You know, what's going to happen with that? Is he, is he worth that? Is he a buyer or sell? Uh, right now, I don't, I, I don't want anything to do with Dante Stallworth. I want to I mention that this chat room is popping tonight, Mike. It's, a, it's 1120 on the East Coast, and we've got uh, a full chat room in here just popping away. Uh, keeping the uh, keeping the stream alive. We got the prognosticator, War Kittens, Land Sports Betting Man, New Outlaw Sports. Welcome, Obama's with us tonight. Uh, my brother Jeff Rowe is in the house. Welcome to you, my man. Invictus Peasy for Sheezy. A ton of guests. Harvest Coins, Cocktails and Dreams. Chad Schroeder. He won seventy five thousand dollars in the inaugural year of the FFPC. He has a couple of other bigger cashes than that, Mike. He's a professional. You know what's pretty cool? Uh, yeah. What's also pretty cool about that, Scott? is uh, obviously we appreciate all those guys uh, checking in, but it's February 19th. There's no football going on. Football is just winding down, but no, it, it, it's kind of heating up. Uh, and we appreciate uh, all the guys checking in and uh, giving their uh, uh, point of view on it. Well, the next news that we're going to be bringing up is our good buddy, Matt Jones, Mike. Uh, remember, he was signed by the Cincinnati Bengals, and we, oh, we, asked, we, we asked last week, is he a buyer? Uh, and I, I think you passed on him. But uh, yep, it was right. funny to, to hear about the workout that he had for the Bengals. They said it was one of the worst workouts they've ever seen. They said the guy had nothing to bring to the table. So we'll see how long the Matt Jones fiasco lasts in Cincinnati. Well, yep, we <laughs> The, the way it sounds, he's going to be bringing a lot of things to the table. It's called water and tea. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we've also got this news out of San Diego that Antonio Cromartie is being dealt and shopped around for a running back to replace Ladanian Thompson. We all know Ladanian Thompson was the was the main player in the National Football League for years, and now it seems that uh, they need a running back. And it sounds like the rumor is that Tashard Choice is the Chargers' first option here for Cromartie. Sounds like Dallas could use a cornerback, Mike. If Tashard Choice lands in San Diego, what do you see for Tashard Choice? A ton of things. This team is still very good. This team has still not accomplished what they want to accomplish. Uh, they've got a great, still young uh, quarterback, a good receiving core. Uh, they had a beat-up, banged-up, well, older Ladanian Tomlinson that they felt like they had to give the ball to a lot. Uh, I think the short choice would be a great fit. A couple little uh, adjustments there in the offensive line, and you have got a rocket. You've got a rocket that not only uh, can run the ball, but can catch the ball out of the backfield, and that would be a perfect fit. I, I really like what we've seen out of Tashard Choice. The kid has wheels. He's in a bad situation there in a very crowded backfield, but we see what he can do, Mike. Every time he gets the ball, he's been averaging over five yards of carry since he's been in the league, and he's just a playmaker. Uh, you give this kid a chance to be on a, a, a team where he can excel and, and be a, a focal point of an offense, and I think uh, his rankings could, uh, could just skyrocket in Dynasty football. And I'm anticipating that. Uh, when we talk about our rankings tonight, and, and, and I've thought about it, I look at Tashard Choice with all he's lacking is opportunity. And if he gets opportunity, maybe not this year, but if he gets it next year and the year after, this kid, I think he can be a top, you know, 25, uh, top 25 running back. He made my top 30, Mike, and he's the number three running back for Dallas, if that tells you anything. Mike, we're going to take a yeah, call real quick. We're going to call real quick from Jacksonville. Jacksonville area, the 904, you're with us on Red vs. Blue. Well, thank you. This is the outlaw, Michael Tomsick from Outlaw Sports Radio. I'm in your chat room, and I am actually directing this directly at Obama. Obama, this is an official challenge from Outlaw Sports Radio to a national debate about making sports betting legal in the United States of America. I challenge you to a live debate on national television. Do you accept or not? Whoa, the gun has been laid down, and he laid it down to Obama, one of the friends of the program, Michelle Obama. Everybody on their knees, everybody salute our emperor. <laughs> Outlaws, uh, coming out with it uh, right off the bat, man. What a fake. I like hey, it. I like you, it. You guys are talking about that. I'm going to move on a little bit because I know he's not going to reply. But... Um, Anyway, you guys, one question I put in there, you guys said that this probably wasn't going to happen. And I want to tell you, this is on the verge of happening. A lot of people are overlooking this NFL work stoppage. Uh, people are saying it's not going to happen, but right now it is still on the way to uh, possibly happen. And not only the NFL, the NBA. But even beyond that, what I wanted to mention to you guys, you guys said football was over, and that's not true. The Arena Football League just announced this Wednesday that they're coming back. Matter of fact, there's a game here in Jacksonville, Jacksonville Sharks, uh, starting in March. And on April 16th, they're going to be on the NFL Network live. So arena football is back. They are starting back up. 
Wow, Outlaw Sports Radio. Definitely check out the show, Outlaw Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. Come back anytime. Mike, I can't get into arena football. I mean, if you live in Jacksonville, maybe you can get a little excited about it. But nationwide, it just doesn't catch on. And, hey, I don't know. Do they have fantasy football for arena league? If not, man, maybe maybe Outlaw Sports should start up a dynasty league or a fantasy league on, on arena football. Maybe that's, maybe that's the niche there. Well, you know, I, I've never been a big arena football fan, but there's been uh, some players, uh, actually uh, MVP, that uh, has played arena football. I know that's, uh, you know, dime a dozen, but you never know what you're going to get. Uh, if locally, if, if you know, if I had, uh, had a team that was, uh, you know, 15 minutes away and I could go watch arena football, I'd probably go watch it, so... Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are going to bring on our guest of the evening, Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com. Jeff, are you with us? I'm here, Scott. How you guys doing? What's Great that, to hear your voice, Jeff Pasquino. The the launch of DynastyGuys.com. I tell you, I don't know if I've seen anything like it. Over a thousand users in the first two weeks. It hasn't even been two weeks. Two weeks will be on Monday. Talk about the launch. What are your thoughts? And then we'll get into some of the other things about Dynasty Guys. Well, I, I think uh, the hopes that we had have been surpassed by a long shot here. I mean, I, we basically wanted to see what the market was for, you know, off-season, if there is such a thing anymore, for football. Um, February, just people were winding down from the Super Bowl, but we know that the Dynasty Leagues, the Keeper Leagues, all the leagues that go year-round, they really don't have a home. So I wanted to see if there really was a, a market that we wanted to hit that was untapped. And lo and behold, it's just blown up. I mean, we had guys today forming a league. You can form leagues and little subgroups on our site just for Very your cool. own leagues. And they all the way from Germany. I had no idea that there were, like, leagues in Germany. Wow. That Like, there were guys from Munich who, like, you know, they I guess they're remnants from World League football. But they were joining and they were inviting all their friends. And you can invite your friends. And, like, six or seven guys from Germany just joined the site today. It was amazing. Yeah, very cool setup. Uh, very cool setup, Jeff. And, and Mike, you've you've been there on the site. You've visited. Uh, they use a Ning network, and that's a very popular social networking site that's really blowing up and allowing you to create a nice community. And you guys have done a fantastic job. I'll tell you, Jeff, I don't think I've ever seen a staff of dynasty players that have been assembled like this ever before. Because I'm looking down this list of names, uh, starting with you, Derek Tom, Brian McDowell, Anthony Borberly, Cecil Landy, Sigmund Bloom, friends of the program here, Will Grant. Jeff DeFertler and Steve Waremski have been on the show several times. This is a cast of crew. I'm telling you, I'm looking at this list, and I see all commissioners of Dynasty Leagues that are heavily involved and opinions that I respect. You've done a very good job with this staff. I've got to give you kudos, man. Uh, thank you. I mean, we, we definitely wanted to get people out there not just with experience but also good opinions and also willing to share them and knowing that, you know, for the greater good that we're, you know, contributing to the community. And that's really what the social network aspect is. I mean, fantasy football now is more about the community than it is. You still want to beat your friend, but you also want to be talking to him as well. So, yeah, yeah we like the, we definitely like the guys that we've added, and I'm sure we'll be adding more. Well, we, tonight uh, our show, Jeff, is we're revealing uh, our, our Dynasty running backs tonight. And so we're going to be posting these on the Dynasty Guys site. We're going to uh, be releasing them, and we, we wanted to do it live with you tonight while, uh, while we've got you on here. Uh, I, I went ahead and posted the, the guys who just missed the cut, Ahmad Bradshaw at 32 and Darren McFadden at 31. A couple of names that might surprise you uh, for missing the cut on the top 30, but my problem 
uh, is a little bit of talent and a whole lot of uh, opportunity for Darren McFadden. I think that uh, he, he has some ability, but you've got a player by the name of Michael Bush that I feel is going to take that opportunity this year. And whether or not Michael Bush gets it in Oakland or gets it this year or not, it's got something has to give with Darren McFadden. If, if Bush is traded, obviously McFadden gets his shot this year. But right now I've got McFadden just outside the top 30. I don't know if you have your rankings beside you, but whereabouts uh, does that jive with your rankings? Uh, let me look there. I think I definitely got some scattershot on the running backs in Oakland, but that's the kind of situation if you're in a, a, a dynasty startup league where you can take advantage there and you might be able to, you know, put two or three picks together and kind of corner an entire backfield without a whole lot of investment and just wait for the right guy to emerge. Uh, for Oakland, Michael Bush, I got him. Mm, he's right in the. He's. I don't think I'm quite as high on him as you. I I got him at 40 right now. Uh, I think I have McFadden a little bit higher than that. Uh, but, yeah, I got McFadden as the lead back. I, I think the, he's going to get more opportunity. I've got him at 29. So yeah. I like both guys. I think both guys – I think if you can get both those guys, you're going to corner the Oakland market for the next couple of years. Yeah, and, again, I have his opportunity, McFadden's especially. I have his opportunity as just – just uh, that. that's the thing that's really holding him back here. I've got – with your unique uh, format – I've got him at a 75-year-one opportunity. He's in a committee. He's, in a, he's sort of a top option, especially if Michael Bush gets traded. But then after that first year of seeing what he can do, I think he comes back down and he's, he's kind of in that 70 range the next couple of years where he just, he's kind of in a scheme and he, and he doesn't really know if he can – he can't really handle the load. And so that's kind of where I've got him uh, washing out here at about the 70-75 range in, in opportunity. So at, in the I top 30 – I think uh, between those two guys, uh, I – this year is going to be a telling year on which back is going to be the guy as far as uh, Bush and McFadden. Uh, the one thing that really helps McFadden is him uh, out of the backfield, uh, you know, catching passes and doing things like that. That's going to help McFadden a ton. But uh, Bush's uh, just powerfulness, I mean, it's, that's incredible. So looking at the top 30 here, uh, going from 30 to 25, uh, it's interesting. I've got three Dallas running backs just making an absolute mess of these rankings, uh, Jeff. Marion Barber, Felix Jones, Deshard Choice, in that order, 30, 29, 28. Uh, Joseph Adai, 27. Ryan Grant at 27 years of age at 26. So talk about who uh, in that list kind of stands out to you, Ryan Grant, Adai, Deshard Choice, Felix Jones, or Marion Barber. I would lean a little higher on Ryan Grant. I don't see there's not a whole lot of challenging for him. He was surprisingly, I think he was the third best back of the NFC, and not many people know that last year. And there's not a whole lot of you know challenging for for him in that offense right now. He is the feature back. So for those reasons alone, I have him pretty high for the next couple of years. I think they're eventually going to get a guy in there to challenge him, maybe a third down back, maybe I think Brandon Jackson emerges. It's certainly not going to be Amon Green, but – if they could have somebody that might step up a little bit and take a little bit away from him. But for right now, based on what we did last year and that great offense in Green Bay, I have Ryan Grant. Um, I think I have him in the top 12. Wow. Uh, well, we're different on that. Mike, I don't know about you. I've got Ryan Grant with a uh, his opportunity score, Jeff. I've got him at an 85 this year because, again, that means he's the most of the time starter. He's, he's kind of the top option there. He's getting most of the carries. But after this year, I don't think – I think they're going to have to start moving and migrating away from that. So I see his opportunity just, just dropping down the next couple of years from a 78, 76 down to a 70 in a committee. And, I, I mean, it might be Brandon Jackson. It might be 
you know, Reggie Bush, or who knows who's going to come in here and kind of steal carries away, but he's just not exciting enough to keep plugging away for the next four years. Look, the average player only plays, like you said the other night, three years. You've got to be pretty good, I mean, exceptionally, to, to keep a job for the next four years after you've had it for three more. I, I, I have to see his, his opportunity just kind of dragging over the next couple of years. Oh, that, that's definitely a possibility. But again, uh, Green Bay had—they were one of the top teams last year in offensive plays. They had over a thousand offensive plays, and they passed the ball, they ran the ball, they—they they had a good balance despite Aaron Rodgers putting up big numbers. And he—he he also catches the ball well. They—they they run a lot of screens, probably second to Philadelphia running screen plays. So I think he gets a lot. He's very underrated. He gets a lot of opportunity. So uh, until they get a guy, I could see them drafting somebody this year for sure. Uh, maybe a McCluster or, or um, a Dixon, somebody, you know, in that third, fourth round, and just adding them to the, be that third guy to challenge a Brandon Jackson, make him step up. But until I see that happen, I think Ryan Grant is a very underrated talent right now. Mike, we're going to move to the next uh, next five on the list here. Ronnie Brown at 25, Slayton 24, Reggie Bush at 23, Cedric Benson 22, and Michael Turner. Uh, nearing 29 years of age at 21, Mike, what stands out to you there? Michael Turner, Cedric Benson, Reggie Bush, Steve Slayton, Ronnie Brown. Uh, right now, to me, uh, Steve Slayton, he doesn't he, he doesn't stand out at all um, because Houston's already said that they've got to find somebody that's that's going to be able to hold on to the football. Um, Reggie Bush, uh, I can see that a little bit. Uh, Ronnie Brown. I still see uh, Ronnie Brown kind of uh, progressing through that. Uh, you know, Ronnie Brown, Sleeps, uh, Slayton, uh, Reggie Bush, and what was the other two? Michael Turner. Michael Turner, that's an interesting one uh, because, you know, last year it wasn't the story that they thought it would be uh, with Michael Turner and uh, Atlanta, even though they, you know, finished above 500. But uh, I would I'd say Michael Turner's got to be put up a little bit higher than uh, than the ones you uh, the ones you listed there. Uh, Jeff, I'm a little bit worried about Michael Turner's age. Obviously, at 29 years of age already before the season starts, uh, we know that that magic number is 30 for most backs. Obviously, Turner didn't get the carries, but I see his opportunity after these next couple years having to drop down a little bit more into a committee role. Yeah, actually, Sigmund Bloom and I got in a little bit of a debate on Turner. Uh, there's, there's, there's definitely arguments on both sides. I lean towards what you're saying about the age, but he does have very low mileage on him right now. He's only got a thousand career touches, so the typical lines are 31 years of age and 2,500 touches. That's really where, as about as far as you want to push a running back, and then it just drops off a cliff. At that point, it's for his talent and performance. So he's got three years remaining, but even if he carries the ball and he gets 350 touches the next three years, he's not, he's still going to be only under 2,200 total career carries and touches. So there's room in there to get four years out of Turner and push that 32-year envelope. That's the, I don't know if I would want to gamble on that. So I think after two years, I would certainly I would probably milk Turner if I owned him right now for one or two more years and then sell him high in that second year, get a younger back in, on your team. That's uh, Jeff Pasquino from DynastyGuys.com, everybody. Go check out the site if, uh, if you haven't already. Sign up, become a member, join our community in, in the Dynasty Guys world, and, and check out all they have to offer over there. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man, and uh, you know we hope to hear have you on very soon. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Good luck, good luck for the rest of the show. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Take care.
it's a it's a really good uh, the, the site. I'm, I'm really impressed with Mike, and we're gonna we're gonna come right back here, and we we've got the we're, we're down to the top 20, so we brought out uh, we brought out 10. We've got 10. We've got 20 to go, so we'll be right back for, with Red versus Blue. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? Mike, you know that noise? Yep. We haven't heard this a lot. Mike, that was a that was a noise that our loyal listeners will recall uh, is the infamous buzzometer. And Mike, I got to tell you, I don't know what's going on with you, buddy, but I haven't had to hit the buzzometer in about, jeez, oh, man, it's been it's been probably about three months. What's going on with you, man? You talking about me? <laughs> no buzzometer, no buzzometer tonight. <laughs> Man, I tell you it what, has been a while. Uh, yeah, we used to we used to pull that out all the time. Uh, but I tell you, you've been uh, pretty consistent here. Okay, hey, look, we've got uh, we're down to the top twenty. I'm, I'm going to read them off. Uh, we've got them posted on in the chat room. If you haven't, uh, if you didn't get the link, I'll go ahead and shoot it back over there right now for the new listeners that are here. Uh, the top 20 that we're down to. My couple controversial picks here already being addressed in the chat room. We're going to talk about them right now. Uh, at 20, Marshawn Lynch at 24 years of age. Number 19, LaShawn McCoy. Number 18, Michael Bush. Uh, at Oakland, we feel like he gets his shot and he keeps it the next couple of years. We're just waiting for Al Davis to pass away. Number 17, a very controversial pick here, Mike, but I just love the talent, Kevin Smith. And at 16, Sean Green. Mike, everybody's worried about the injury to Kevin Smith, the, the knee that some people thought that the injury would be more serious. Some people might say that it might be career-ending. Have you? Uh, what are your thoughts on Kevin Smith? Okay, first off, uh, out of those that you listed, there are two that just totally stand out at me big time. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, without question, stands out at me uh, big time. And uh, so does Sean Green. Sean Green is, I mean, he got his free pass after what he did for the Jets uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith and his injury, that's what I'm talking about. It's just, it's too iffy right now. Uh, if you're going to bank on anybody, whether it's a redraft or a dynasty draft, you're talking about Sean Green and LaShawn McCoy, two of the youngest, brightest stars in in the NFL as far as running backs go. And, uh you know, I, I love Michael Bush, but uh, Sean Green and LaShawn McCoy, uh, I would I would take them over Kevin Smith with no problem at all. Well, and the thing about Sean Green that we're talking about in the chat room right now, that offensive line in New York is top five. If, you, if you're the lead back for the New York Jets, bottom line is there's no way you're not a top ten running back in this league. They're, they're ground and pound. That's Rex Ryan. That's his style. They're not going to move away from that. And if, you have, if you're the lead back in – if you're the lead back in New York, you're a top ten running back. So I'll tell you what, if Sean Green is a guy that even though I've got him here at what, you know, sixteen or so, he's a guy that I could easily I could easily pay more than that to get him because he's a guy that could could give you top seven, top eight type numbers. 
He can move up three, four spots depending on uh, where they draft, where they want to go. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, their offensive line is pretty solid, and the way Rex Ryan wants to do things uh, is going to be pretty much his way, and that's going to be a lot of running. And Thomas Jones, I, I like Thomas Jones, but uh, his days are numbered, yeah. and uh, Sean well, Green's yeah. already proved he's a guy. Yeah, he's got, he's got uh, another year left. Obviously, Thomas Jones, there's no getting rid of him this year. Uh, but if you'll notice in my opportunity scores, I have uh, Sean Green as a 73 this year, which means basically he's he's going to be contributing, but he's not going to be the lead back getting all the carries. He's going to be he's going to be a, a running back 1B in a committee, but top option. That's just a category there. He's going to be a top option in a committee because you got Leon Watson in there. You can't forget about him either. But I think after this year, Thomas Jones will be gone. It'll be Sean Green and Leon Washington, maybe if he's still healthy. That's when you're going to see the, uh, Sean Green be the be the big time ball carrier, the heavy starter in a Jets offense, and it, I might I might get a little get a little friendlier with him because his talent his talent is yet to be tapped, yet to be seen no, in, totally in a full time position. So so yeah. kind of excited about the pick. The, the pick I'm getting the most heat on is Kevin Smith at 17. Understandably so, Mike. It's a torn ACL and a separated shoulder. The guy's in really bad shape, but. The rehab is on par. It's, 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 it's everything is on pace. They, they might do a little bit more to the shoulder uh, to, to get that completely healthy, but the knee is the question. Usually in the first year back from your knee injury, you're never the same. Just ask all of the running backs and quarterbacks that that's happened to in the past. But this injury, they're, they're, they were, they're worried about how when he's going to be able to be returned. If it's going to be middle of next year, at all next year, uh, I think he comes back next year, but he's definitely not going to be the back he once was. Um, and then we're just going to look and see, can he recover? I'm a little biased, too. I own him in several dynasty leagues. I'm not about to give up on him right now. Kind of too much invested, and, I, and, I, and I'm having a hard time separating the two, to be honest. Well, yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I can understand what you said. I mean, if you have a lot invested in Kevin Smith, then, uh, you know, you got to stay with him, but uh, I couldn't. That's just me. There's no way. I, I, I couldn't. I would do anything I could to get uh, McCoy or uh, Green right now because uh, that's that, that's six, seven years that you have, that you know you have on two right. solid organizations. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that insight, Mike. Okay, we're, we're down to 15 through 10. Uh, actually, 15 through 11 here before we get to our top 10. 15, Mike, Matt Forte, again, it's really driven by opportunity. I don't think he's that good, but I don't think he's going anywhere. He's all about opportunity and yards. They're not going to move him. They're going to give him the rock. Uh, number 14, Chris Wells, love this kid. His talent is very high. Not so much in a PPR league. He's not really a reception type of guy, but we might see Matt Leonard use him in some check down roles here. So I've got Chris Wells at number 14. Number 13, Donald Brown. At number 12, Pierre Thomas. And number 11, Moreno. Mike, I wanted to put Pierre a little bit higher than that, but when I crunched all my numbers, the, the point system just doesn't give him any more credit than what he's got. He's a, his opportunity over these next couple of years is, is still the lead back. He's the most of the time starter, but he's not a, an all-the-time starter. And if you're going to be in the top ten, you better be toting the ball or have the opportunity to tote the ball all the time. And, and he also has some injuries there, so there's some question marks. Who do you want to talk about here, Moreno, Pierre, Don Brown, Wells, or Forte? Okay, who'd you have at 11? Uh, we had, uh, at, at 11, we had Moreno, Pierre Thomas at 12, Donald Brown at 13, Chris Wells 14, Matt 14. Okay, 15. okay, okay. I, you know, I, when you were rattling them off, I got a couple here. 
Uh, Matt Forte, bounce back year. I really believe that. He, I mean, last year was a it was a good. Um, but the the one that really stands out to me is uh, going to be Chris Wells. Uh, Tim Hightower will not be the starter next year. Uh, Tim Howard, Tim Hightower is going to be a perfect guy, uh, you know, third down situation, things like that. Uh, Pierre Thomas, I expect a lot out of him as well. Um, out of those five, honestly, I like three of them, but the two that stand out to me the most are Pierre Thomas because of his versatility, running, catching. You know, he, he can make a – a third and 12 uh, end up being a touchdown. He can make a third and 12 end, end up being a uh, 35, 40-yard screen pass. Uh, Chris Wells, explosiveness, explosiveness. So I'm on Pierre Thomas and Chris Wells and uh, Moreno. I'm, I guess, you know, I, I'm just not sold on him right now. Donald Brown, he'll have his day once a die is done. You know, it's interesting. I have uh, Matt Forte as the lowest uh, talent scores here of those five players. Uh, and I have Pierre Thomas as the most talented uh, PPR running back, point per reception league running back of the bunch. Uh, but the opportunity has to go to no Sean Moreno. The, uh, he's got a new team at the offensive line, the run block scheme that they have there. It, it's all ready for Moreno to take over and, and thrive in that offense. Now, the one thing I, you know, the guys in the chat room, there's a couple of them saying that uh, maybe Pierre and Wells should be top ten. But I'll tell you what, when I get to this top ten, it's very hard to get rid of these guys. Case in point, now, we are only looking at the, the, a four-year window, Mike, just so you know. It's a four-year right. window, and, and, and just decided on that. We talked about it. Just decided on a four-year window because it's very hard to predict anything outside of four years. I mean, if you, if you can predict five years from now, man, God bless you. But that's very hard <laughs> to do. I, I know a lot of my decisions, you know, sometimes I'll trade the 22-year-old uh, to, get, to get to the 22-year-old, and I'll get rid of the 26-year-old. But really, I mean, come on. I mean, those guys still got three, four, five years in them. And, and so for you to predict anything more than that, it's very difficult to do, especially in a violent game like the NFL. So we use the four-year window, and I kind of like it. It helps me, helps me actually put my thoughts together when I put these scores in, Mike, because often I'll put these rankings together, and then before you know it, I'll put my scores in afterwards, and it'll completely shake, shake up my rankings. And I'll be like, wait a minute, what's going on? Well, it's because the name on paper it feels good, but when you start looking at, okay, what's his talent, what do you rate it at, and then what is his opportunity over these next couple of years, and you start to do this process, Mike, it gives you an insight into your rankings like never before. It really crystallizes them for you. I mean, I'm, everybody that I've talked to that's went through this process is going through the exact same thing. It really helps you refine uh, what you think of the, uh, of, of the opportunity in your rankings. It, it helps you. So let's move on to this top ten case in point. Steven Jackson is in my top 10, Mike, at number 10. Now, look, this is a guy, 27 years of age, having some legal issues at home, the domestic violence we've been talking about, and those types of things do what to your ranking? They're pushing down your ranking, right, because he's 27. Who wants to start a dynasty draft with a guy who's already 27 years of age? Well, it's a four-year window. That's the thing. It's a four-year window, 27, 28, 29, 30, maybe 31. Uh, yeah, you'll get three good and maybe year decent. Right. I agree with you. That last year, it's going to start tailing off. These next couple of years, he's still a 96-95 opportunity. He's going to be the only guy toting the rope. He's going to be carrying the ball 85-90% of the time. Just a, It's a hard guy not to rank high because of the opportunity that he has. His talent, admit, admittedly, is going to be down a little bit because of his injuries, because of his age. 
and just the, the mere fact that the offensive line has to factor into that too because the offensive line at St. Louis is no fun whatsoever. The touchdowns oh. are going to be low. He's still going to get the receptions. But, Mike, he's top ten. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you take Moreno or Pierre Thomas or Wells maybe over Steven Jackson in the draft right now? I would take Moreno or Wells before Steven Jackson. Yes, in a, in a dynasty draft. If I'm going to start up a league and I'm going to be a part of that league, uh, I would probably take uh, – I would I, I would probably take Moreno or Wells right now, depending on how the draft goes, though. I mean, you know, if, if you can start out with a Steven Jackson and get somebody else, but I would probably take a Wells before a Steven Jackson, yes. I, I feel like I would, too, but, but when I put paper to pen and I look at the, the fantasy points that I'm going to score over the next four years, I'll bet Steven Jackson outscored him. That's just my point. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. But I could go either way because my heart would say to, to let him fall. But you know what? To get the points, Steven Jackson's going to get those carries. He's going to get those receptions. Look, he had a bad year this year, right? By all accounts, didn't Steven Jackson have a bad year? Number six running back overall, Mike. <laughs> it's surprising. He just gets that because he gets so many carries and he gets so many receptions. The guy in, what, 13 games got over 50 receptions. The guy's just going to continue to do that. He's a, he's a monster. So, you know, that's uh, another a- Paul, and we'll have to uh, we'll have to remember this uh, remember this day and and what we're talking about here to uh, uh, you know kind of track it. Uh, who does best, Stephen Jackson or uh, Chris Wells? That that would that would be very interesting to uh, look at. Number nine, Jonathan Stewart, Carolina Mike, twenty three years of age. <laughs> I've got his talent his talent from Oregon off the charts. Uh, PPR league not so much. Kind of fits that D will mode. Not a big reception guy. But I'm telling you what, this year I see it still D. Will's team, especially if D. Will's uh, in Carolina. I still see D'Angelo getting the majority of carries. After that, I think a split occurs, Mike, and that's why I'm predicting Jonathan Stewart big, big things. The opportunity for Jonathan Stewart after D'Angelo Williams is top of the food chain, Mike. 96 across the board. I see him as a, as a potential top five player after he becomes a, a starter. And he, I mean, he's a pro bowler waiting to happen, Mike. Jonathan Stewart at number nine. The, D'Angelo Williams at number eight, right there with him. Uh, again, same opportunity. Uh, I, I see him having the, the majority of carries this year. Getting on a new team, he's probably going to be the guy that's dealt, and then the sky's the limit. What if we saw D'Angelo in San Diego? That could happen, Mike. And if you put D'Angelo and Rivers on the same team, they're in the Super Bowl. Look out. Look out. Number seven, Jamal Charles, Mike, 23 years of age, going to be 24. We saw some fantastic things from him in the last part of the year. Uh, those, those last couple games, he was able to start, what, six, seven games last year, and he ended up a uh, – he, he started seven games. He ended up the number nine running back. Mike, that's the exact definition of Pierre Thomas from, from last year. This kid racked yeah, up 40 you- catches, 40 catches, eight touchdowns, and 1,400 yards starting – Eight games. Jamal Charles gets – he's going to get a lot more chances than Pierre Thomas uh, based on the fact that uh, New Orleans right. has so many other options uh, right. to throw to. Uh, Jamal right. Charles, he, he can he can bust one up the middle for, you know, 30, 40 yards, or he can catch a ball out of the backfield for 30, 40 yards. Uh, I like that uh, Jamal Charles at uh, seven. Well, I tell you what, uh, they're, they're talking about him in the chat room right now. Feel free to come on and, and defend your uh, your selection, 347-324-5404. I want to hear from you. Uh, have a take. Don't suck, as they say. 
We're in at number six, Mike Frank Gore, uh, 27 years of age, but again, a dominant Daddy. player when healthy. Uh, very overlooked and very undervalued, Mike Frank Gore, number six. Yeah, totally agree. He's steady. He's steady. He he helped me a lot uh, this year in a couple of my dynasty leagues, and uh, you know you you can't go wrong with that guy. Cut dry and simple. <laughs> Number five, uh, I might get a lot of heat for this pick, but Richard Mendenhall is number five on my list, 23 years of age. He showed us what he could do this year uh, at, at taking over the role in Pittsburgh. Where did, where did Fast Willie Parker go? Everybody was talking about Fast Willie this and Fast Willie that. Well, guess what? Uh, uh, Richard Mendenhall had seven carries heading into week four against San Diego, Mike. Seven carries, okay? That's all he had coming up to week four. And he ended up the very next week at San Diego, 29 carries, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. From there, everybody said, holy cow, Richard Mendenhall is here. We've been waiting on him. He averaged four and a half yards a carry. Uh, he's a dual threat. He, he can catch the ball and run the ball, and he's looking good. That's only his second year. Richard Mendenhall is a breakout candidate waiting to, waiting to happen, Mike. Richard Mendenhall, well, I have it number five. I, well, you know, I can see you having him that high, and the one thing about – about you having him this high is because it makes sense. The reason is because Pittsburgh has been without a profile running back, a high-profile running back that can really bust things up for really two, three years now because Willie Parker and his injuries, it's just kept things in flux. With Mendenhall right there, I'm going to segue, watch out for Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback because now they've got a serious running game. So uh, Ben could be very solid at quarterback. But talk about what you're talking about. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall at five, yeah, I can see that. Well, the top four, Mike, I think from what I'm seeing all around the leagues, uh, the dynasty leagues that I'm in, these are the consensus top four. And it seems like everybody has them in a little bit of a different order. Uh, number, four, Ray Rice, number four, Ray Rice. Number three, Adrian Peterson. Number two, okay. Maurice Jones-Drew. And number one, Chris yep, Chris Johnson, yep. the number one player. What do you uh, What do you think about uh, my selection of Chris Johnson one, MJD two, Adrian Peterson three, Ray Rice four? Talk about it. Well, like you said, uh, you could flip flop those four. Uh, they're all right there together. Uh, I think the Adrian Peterson deal, uh, I, whether it's Brett Favre or not Brett Favre, I don't think that's going to make a bit of difference. Um, Chris Johnson. I, I would have him number one, and I would almost have Ray Rice maybe a, ahead of AP, um, just for the simple fact that, uh, you know, the guy just does everything in the world. I mean, he does it all. So I would almost have Ray Rice ahead of uh, Adrian Peterson, but those top four are right there together. Um, so it looks pretty good. Chris Johnson, one, uh, MJD, two, uh, Adrian Peterson, three, Ray Rice, four, Mendenhall, five. I kind of agree with Jeff. You almost, uh, even if you're starting up a dynasty league, you almost have to put Ryan Grant. I'm still looking at Ryan Grant a little bit higher than what you have him. Uh, I think the age is getting, you know, it is a factor. But, um, you know, let's face it, those top four, they are tough. Um, can't go wrong there. I mean, you, yeah. you really cannot go wrong. If you have a top four, if you have a top four pick, you're loving life because you know you can get one of those guys. It doesn't really matter which one you get. It's uh, you know, pick whichever one they, whatever they've got. There's no reason to move up. You're in a very good situation because you get the better pick actually. 
So, Mike, as I'm talking here, you know, you've also got Andre Johnson you'd be happy with. You have uh, probably maybe Calvin Johnson, maybe Larry Fitzgerald also fits into that mold. So there's probably about seven guys here that you could be very happy with to start your league and be okay with and then also have a very good pick coming back. You're going to get maybe, uh, you know, maybe the 17th, 18th best player back on the board, which could be either, like you said, a Chris Wells or a Donald Brown or something, Pierre <laughs> Thomas, maybe as a running back if, if you go wide receiver. It's a nice spot to be in around six or seven. You're reading my mind. You're reading my mind. I was already thinking, if I was in a 12-teamer right now, uh, I would probably take Chris Johnson number one. Now, I've got two picks coming back around, and who's going to be available? Well, chances are there's going to be another very solid running back available, and there's going to be uh, probably a number one wide receiver available. So you maybe go bang, bang with that too. Uh you know, just thinking about the quarterback. So I, I guess I'm just thinking out loud. But when I start looking through these running backs, and and what we what, you know, you and we've been able to lay out. Uh, you know, you start looking at uh, Ryan Grant at 26. You start looking at uh, Lashawn McCoy uh, at 19. Sean Green. You like at 16. him? I, I know you like him. Wow. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Lashawn McCoy and Sean Green. Those two just really stand out to me. I encourage anybody to uh, give this concept a try uh, of ranking your dynasty players. Look, we're, we're high-stakes players here, and we are getting ready to, to go into the dynasty league uh, drafting this summer and trading, and you've got to be ready for this. These are elite guys. These are guys willing to pony up you know, $750, $1,250 to play in a high-stakes league. If you're not ready and prepared for this league, you're going to get your lunch handed to you. Uh, so if you've played Dynasty Leagues in the past and you just want to jump in and, and with your rankings, good luck with that. You better be prepared to score some points. And the way you score points is sitting down and analytically taking a look at each player. The hunch, the hunch list that you've used in the past will not work here because it, when push comes to shove, you need to back up your rankings with a little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of analysis, a little bit of, of forethought, and say what do you predict, you know, to happen here. Why, why this, why that? It's very enlightening. I, I recommend anybody to give it a shot. I'd be happy to send you the, the, the spreadsheet so you can do it yourself. And, uh, you know, get, get some practice going because these are going to be some leagues. Starting up at Fantasy Football Players Championship, go to myffpc.com. Dave and Alex are doing a great job of giving us all the, all the fun we can handle. We're, we're very appreciative of, of them opening up these new contests. And it's going to require a deposit, Mike. You're, if, you're, if you're a player, you're going to come on and put your injury league in. You're going to have to put a deposit down, too, in next year. There's no drafting to try to win this year and then try to bail on your league because you, you drafted a whole bunch of older guys that were going to take advantage. You're going to lose that deposit, too, so you better be careful. Uh, you better, you, you know, there's going to be lots of strategies to take play. It's going to be interesting to see what strategy prevails. Uh, Absolutely, my, my Scott. And, yep. you know, something that I've been uh, bringing on to some friends of mine uh, that, are not in dynasty leagues, but they always do the redraft leagues in August. Uh, they're like, well, how's it work? How's it work? And I said, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, it's, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of thought and, uh, you, you just can't, it's totally different than a redraft. You have to really be ready and you have to be ready for, uh, for your players to maybe not make a total impact right now in 2010, but 2011, 2012. That's what you have to look for. It's going to be interesting, Mike. Uh, FFPC, myffpc.com. Go check out all the dynasty guys, uh, all the all the dynasty league action there that's going to be taking place. We had Jeff Pesquino on from dynastyguys.com. Those are the that's been the focus this week. We're going to be talking dynasty again next week, so tune in 
all you dynasty guys, we're going to be breaking down our top 30 wide receivers. So, Mike, from everybody here at uh, Red vs. Blue, the chat room is just fantastic tonight. Kudos to you guys for keeping us rolling. We'll be net- back, back uh, next week, so see you guys then. Red vs. Blue. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Music cut short. Uh, great show tonight, man. The, the, the chat room was popping all night long. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Uh, you know, just a good breakdown on the running backs and, uh, you know, having Jeff on, just kind of, you know, going over what uh, what he's doing with the Dynasty Guys site and uh, worked out pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with what's going on there. Mike, I'm going to keep tweaking my rankings here. There's, there's some good points that everybody brought up, but. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm real happy about where the rankings stand right now. Uh, some of these so, guys, it's it just sometimes it doesn't feel like a dynasty buy, but you know what? These are the guys that win your championships. I mean, who would who would think that you know Stephen Thomas Jones would keep doing what he's doing and rank number seven? You know, or Ricky Williams. Those guys, they don't feel good. They don't feel like great. But look at the die tenth. Everybody was down on the die, and look, he puts in a top ten season. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't let your emotions get in the way of opportunity. And these. These ranking systems, these ranking systems really capitalize on opportunity, whereas most of our rankings, Mike, the emotional rankings capitalize on talent. And that's why you have guys like 
Uh, I'm not going to mention them here, but they always draft in their dynasty leagues. They're drafting on talent, 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 talent. And they have this whole team full of young guys that never materializes, or when they do, it's too late. Right. And, they, and the rest of their team isn't built properly and appropriately to all hit at the same time. And so you really got to maximize your talent and your opportunity to really come out of here with a good team. I'm stoked about it, Mike. I'm, I'm having a really good time. Yeah, you know, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep your rankings. I, I wrote them all down. Uh, I kind of missed a couple here between uh, 20th and 24th. But uh, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm just going to kind of keep them and see, you know, maybe how they change between now and after the draft, say. Uh, or, you know, I, you know, they're probably going to change a little bit. But uh, between now and after the draft and maybe between now and the first of uh, – July, middle of July, when we start getting into the meat and potatoes of uh, training camp. Yeah, I, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm talking outline right now with Jeff Hexino. Uh the, the, the case for opportunity scores is a, is a good one. I'm going to write an article on it. We're going to blog on it. And, uh, Mike, we're getting ready to launch our own site. I'm really excited about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal too many details, but it's going to, uh, it's going to be a hub uh, that we're going to be real excited to talk about. I'm not going to reveal any more than that, but, Glad to have sure. you a part of it, and uh, we're, we're just going to keep it rolling, man, all throughout the year. So uh, well, I appreciate have it, a great man. weekend, but good luck to your Wildcats, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Scott. Have a, have a good time tonight, man. Red versus blue. We'll see you. All right.